Former Trump lawyer Sidney Powell accepted a plea deal on Thursday, the day before her trial was set to begin. And she has now pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor charges and will officially avoid any prison time. She does, however, as part of her punishment, get six years probation, a $6,000 fine, $2,700 in restitution. And of course, she has to write an apology letter to the people of the state of Georgia. Now she, she doesn't have to write millions of the letters. She's going to write one letter that basically applies to the entire state, couple thousand dollars here and there, which obviously she has, she's got a pretty strong legal defense fund with millions and then six years of, Hey, don't do anything wrong. That is an exceptionally light sentence considering that she was charged with a crime under the Georgia racketeering laws that carries a guaranteed minimum of five years in prison. So writing a letter, paying a few thousand dollars and keeping your nose clean for six years, it's pretty light punishment, right? And that kind of tells us a lot about the other part of the plea deal, which of course is that she has to testify truthfully and honestly and not hold anything back at all. You know, no pleading the fifth against the other co-defendants in the case. Now, as I've talked about in the past, we have already had one a very low level, low person on the ladder agree to take a plea deal. Sidney Powell is not a low person on that ladder, right? The, the original person whose name unfortunately escapes me at the moment. Um, they're not going to be able to testify against Donald Trump, right? This, this very low person did not have direct contact with Donald Trump. You know who did right? That next rung of the ladder, Sidney Powell, this is massive. Like I cannot underscore that point enough folks. Sidney Powell is somebody who I honest to God did not think would ever take a plea deal. She is the person who I felt uh, aside from maybe Rudy Giuliani genuinely believed the nonsense that they were pushing. And I do think she still believes it, but nevertheless, she was in the Oval Office at times. She worked with Donald Trump. She sent the people to Coffee County to copy the voting machine data. Getting her to flip, or at least to agree to testify, this is massive. This is the worst thing that Donald Trump could ever have happened to him in the Georgia indictments. This is the big fish. And Fonnie Willis caught her. Again, the trial is supposed to start today. Like they were going to go through jury selection today. Her lawyers earlier in this week, as I talked about yesterday, were trying to kind of taint the jury pool. They were going to fight this up until the end. Till they realized they had no way out. They knew she wasn't going to win. That's another reason you take the plea deal. If you think you can beat the charges, you're not going to take a deal. They didn't think they could beat the charges. That also is a huge, horrible thing for these other defendants, especially Donald Trump. Sidney Powell knows everything that happened. Sidney Powell was there every step of the way. Donald Trump, it's been reported that he wants to throw Sidney Powell under the bus during his trial. But now that she's agreed to flip, it's going to be a lot harder to throw her under the bus when she takes the stand and is able to refute and possibly even provide solid evidence 
that she's not the one who pushed this. It was Trump himself. A very interesting thing happened after Donald Trump left court on Wednesday. He walked out of the courtroom triumphant for some reason and told reporters that he and his legal team had basically just scored, uh, what is it? This was like Perry Mason, he said. His lawyers were able to cross-examine a witness, the very same witness, the appraiser, who earlier this week said, yeah, I didn't actually put any of those values on Trump's property that they say I put on there. His lawyers went in, Trump said, absolutely knocked the guy down. And not only that, not only was it a Perry Mason style victory, but Trump said like, this case is not like, it's probably going to be dismissed, which as, as we all know, actually can't happen because you've already had a summary judgment against you. Like you've literally already lost the trial. Your guilt has been determined by the court. So it can't be dismissed because the court already said you did it, but Hey, always nice to be a little optimistic every now and then. Right. Um, here's the other part of this is that, uh, Trump did not, uh, get a victory in court that day. In fact, the judge actually had to yell at him and effectively accused him of witness intimidation. (laughs) So I don't know what courtroom Donald Trump was in, but he left the courtroom and here's his full statement to the press. First, they asked him like, why are you even here? Cause you don't have to be here. You're whining about being here. So why are you here? So Trump said, because I want to be at this trial because I want to see what's happening at this trial. And because moments like this, I've just knocked this trial down to the level that it should be dismissed. This trial is a disgrace. This trial is a disgrace should have never been brought. And if you watched what just took place in the courthouse, if you can report it honestly, and I'm sure you will, because it's really no other way you can report it. The government lied. They knew everything about what just took place and the government lied and they lied to the people. The attorney general lied because she wanted to get elected by using Trump. And if you look at what just took place, the government has now been proven to be a liar and there has to be some kind of recourse for what's going on. And that's why, because if I wasn't here, probably making people wouldn't see the facts the the way they are. So we'll go inside and we'll go watch the rest of it. And I think you'll find it very interesting. You see, you keep saying like, because of what just happened, because of what just happened, because of what just happened. I think you said it like three times but you didn't tell people what just happened, right? There's no cameras in the courtroom. So we have to rely on the reporters that are in there. And according to what the reporters that were in there said, things did not go well for you at all, buddy boy. As I mentioned, the judge actually had to scold Donald Trump because at one point uh, during the the testimony, uh, Doug Larson is the appraiser's name. Donald Trump got so mad at what Larson was saying that he threw his hands up into the courtroom you know, one of those numbers and then loudly started telling his lawyers how much Laura was lying on the stand, accusing him of course of perjury loud enough for the entire courtroom to hear it. That's when judge Ingeron had to step in and say, quote, okay, I'll ask everyone to be quiet when the witness is testifying, particularly if it's meant to influence testimony. So the judge is like, you're out there accusing him of perjury loudly enough for everybody to hear it so that maybe he changes his story. You better shut the hell up. The judge said, I don't, I don't count that as a victory for Donald Trump. I really don't. 
So I don't know again, what courtroom Trump was in, especially because his lawyers tried to say that, oh, we've got this email of Loro and McConney, another Trump organization official, you know, talking about the values and, and Loro's like, yeah, I actually, I didn't give him permission to put my name on it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, we've got this email. Did you read the email? Cause it doesn't say what you're saying it says. And that was supposed to be the gotcha moment, but Loro handled it, handled it like a champ and basically explained it as maybe read that email again, because it doesn't say what you're trying to get me to say it says. <laughs> so that's Trump's big victory. That's going to lead to a dismissal apparently, but it was really just Donald Trump getting in trouble for being a giant jackass. Last week, Trump Organization Chief Financial Officer, CFO, Alan Weisselberg, testified in the New York fraud trial. During that time, during his testimony, Weisselberg claimed, who, by the way, Weisselberg is out on parole right now, but Weisselberg claimed, nope, I never, ever, ever went out there and told anybody about valuations of Trump tower about the size of Donald Trump's apartment in Trump tower. He testified to this under oath and it's a seemingly kind of, you know, just weird, random little statement. Like, Nope, I never told anybody any of this stuff totally didn't happen. And then after the testimony, Forbes came out and said, hold up. Now, Weisselberg says he never told anybody what the values could be. He never talked about the square footage of the apartment, but, um, Forbes says, we actually have emails right here that he sent to us talking about the square footage and the value of Trump's apartment and Trump tower. Huh? I mean, it's weird, you know, cause he said he never did, but we actually have the emails that apparently were not given to New York attorney general, Letitia James. And it shows that not only did he talk about it, but obviously that he therefore perjured himself, a guy on parole perjured himself according to Forbes. New York Attorney General Letitia James did not take this information lightly, and she is now calling for a full forensic audit of Trump Organization emails to find out if the Forbes email that they have is in fact legitimate. Here's what her office says. The failure to produce these later emails indicates a breakdown somewhere in the process of preserving, collecting, reviewing, and producing documents. This failure also comes in the face of a years-long process to ensure a complete response to the OAG's subpoenas and multiple affidavits on behalf of the Trump Organization attesting to the completion of their production obligations. The failure is also suggestive of potentially broader issues in the production process. So a minor lie from Alan Weisselberg, because this lie that Weisselberg allegedly told, I should say allegedly, is not material. In fact, like it's not relevant to the case. This was something Weisselberg did not have to lie about because it was so small and insignificant, but he may have lied. According to Forbes, he did lie, but now this little stretch of the truth is going to lead to a full forensic audit of the Trump organization's emails to make sure that they did in fact turn everything over during the discovery process. And if they did not, 
Not only will Weisselberg have his parole revoked, it could result in an even harsher sentence. They can go back and resentence him for this. They may just start a new trial uh, on new charges. And it could also completely doom the Trump organization for failure to produce documents during the discovery process and signing sworn affidavits that they had in fact produced everything. So this is not only a big deal for Weisselberg, this is a huge deal for Donald Trump and his two adult sons and the organization itself. Because if they were withholding evidence, even after swearing that they had turned over the evidence, that is also perjury. So even though this is a civil trial, things are starting to look at the very least criminal in nature. This could lead to significantly more charges for every single person involved if, if what Forbes is saying is true. If you thought Alina Hobble was the most incompetent person that Donald Trump has serving on any of his legal teams, then you may need to think again. I know it's hard to believe, but apparently the rest of Donald Trump's legal team might be just as dumb as her. You see, this week on Monday, as we all know, Judge Tanya Chutkin slapped a partial gag order on Donald Trump, and he immediately announced that afternoon, I'm going to appeal it. So on Tuesday, his lawyers, John Loro and uh, Todd Blanche, filed their motion to appeal in the uh, district appellate court system in Washington, D.C., right? Simple enough, right? Hey, we, we, we got this order. We don't like this order. We're appealing it. We signed our names to it. And then on Wednesday, the clerk of the court sent a letter to Trump lawyer, John Loro, informing him that, hey man, um, we actually can't accept this motion that you filed because as it turns out, you're not a member of our bar. So we therefore cannot accept this, this motion or any future motion from you, uh, all you got to do is join the bar, right? I mean, so you just fill out some paperwork here, get it to us by November 2nd. And then at that point, we'll let you in and you can file your motions, but, um, you, you can't file the motions before you do the paperwork to join the bar, which, which by the way, is actually something that, that most lawyers would know especially one who spent four decades practicing law as Loro claims he has been. Now, this is a minor issue, right? All he has to do again, he fills out the paperwork, they'll accept it, they'll take the motion, and then we'll go from there. But not knowing, either not knowing that you weren't a member of that bar, or not knowing that you had to be a member of that bar, whichever one of those it was, because it has to be one of those two, um... Holy crap, that's a pretty big mistake from a lawyer. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, My day job, right? I work in a law firm. It it is one of the most successful plaintiff's law firms in the United States of America. I can promise you, knowing those lawyers there, that if they had a lawyer that filed a motion in a district or a court or whatever where they were not allowed to file a motion— That would be the last action that that lawyer ever took as a member of that law firm. They would likely be fired on the spot for such gross and embarrassing 
incompetence. And these are the kinds of people that are representing Donald Trump today. It may seem like a minor thing, right? It's just a minor oversight. Even Loro said like, hey, I've been practicing law here for 40 years. I'm a member of this bar. I'm a member of the district bar. I'm just not a member of the appellate bar and I'll get it remedied. Yeah, it actually would have been better if you were like, ah, I'm sorry. I've only been practicing law for like 20 minutes. I, I didn't realize that. I'll get it taken care of. But when you throw in the, yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years, that actually makes it worse, Right. Like we expect people who are brand new at this to make, you know, stupid mistakes when you've been doing it for four decades, idiotic paperwork mistakes like this become completely unacceptable. So, you know, brag about how long you've been doing this all you want. It actually makes your mistakes seem so much worse. And again, these are the kinds of people Donald Trump attracts because apparently lawyers who actually know how to do paperwork don't want to waste their time on a client who, as we found out, may not even end up paying these lawyers to begin with. So there's that. But yeah, best of luck finding new lawyers, Donald, because so far, every time you hire a new one, they somehow manage to be even dumber than the ones you're replacing. listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.